What's up, crew? My name is Kelsey Zudeme, and welcome to The Real is Empowering Podcast. Through creating a healthy lifestyle as well as being an entrepreneur, I knew that I could not be in this journey alone. So I wanted to create a podcast that interviewed other real people who are going through an entrepreneurship journey as well as creating a healthy lifestyle and what that means and looks like to them. Through this podcast, I hope to be real as well as empower you on your journey. If you find anything that is beneficial during this podcast, please press share and subscribe. It means a lot to me as I'm just starting out on this platform. Remember, real is empowering. Jamar Bray was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, where he later moved to Southfield, Michigan to graduate from Southfield Lathrop in 2015. In the fall of 2015, he enrolled into Grace College where he played baseball there until 2017. Jamar transferred to Cleary University to finish his collegiate career, and Jamar created Jamar's Jammies in 2018, which is a pajama drive for inner city during the holiday season. In the first year, the drive was able to raise 425 pajamas, following the next year by raising 500 pajamas. Jamar will be graduating this May with a degree in sports management and promotion. So this is Jamar, and we went to Grace for what one, two years together? How long? Three were you years. Three yeah. years. I was there from uh, 2015 to 2017. Okay, so were we freshmen together? Yeah, we came in together. We, um, I feel like college. I think we. Yeah, it was crazy because I got there right around the time because you were already training for volleyball. Yep. Yep. And. I got there from uh, the Millennial Scholar Program, so I was there super early. Right. So I don't know. Just I think probably uh, what's what's the coffee shop we were um, that place. Jasmine, yeah, yeah, Jasmine's, and I think we kind of just talked there, and yeah, and it's, it's been crazy ever since. I know. I just since. feel like it's funny that they even have to ask what years we went in because I feel like college honestly was kind of a blur. I'm not going to lie, but I'm like, what year were you in? Like, I'll ask people all the time. I'm like, when did you go in? When did you graduate? Like, crazy. But backstory, backstory. This is how I met Jamar and um, played baseball there. So us athletes tend to try to stick together. Um, Not like clicky or anything, but it's just kind of natural. You understand, like, the pain that you go through. So you kind of naturally bond. (laughs) But... Yeah, but I'm excited to have you on and uh, have our listeners get to know you and hear your wisdom. And so I just want to get right into it and ask you, what do you do for a living right now? All right. So right now, I'm currently working as a studio manager at Q11 Photography, which is a um, photography company in Metro Detroit based on the South Hill. So um, if anyone has an Instagram, you can follow us, see our work. Um, we do a lot of, you know, graduation and different photos. So if you say I do that and I'm a photographer, um, and then I also work at a gym right now. So I work at Fitness 19 in, uh, Farmington, Michigan. Okay. So, uh, doing those right now, uh, I'm graduating, um, actually in a month. So, you know, all this craziness, I, I can't, you know, I don't know what's going to, you know, as far as walking across, but I know I'll get that degree. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of good things after that's going to happen, I know. Um, 
as far as in my market or just creating something for myself. Yeah. And what is your degree in? What are you studying? Uh, so it's a sports marketing and promotion degree. So when I was at Cleary, I mean, at uh, Grace College, it was um, sports business. Mm-hmm. So sports business, sports management. So when I transferred to go to Cleary, um, account, it's, it's really a fairly similar program. Mm-hmm. So basically the same thing, but uh, I have more of a sports marketing, sports business, and sports management degree mm-hmm. all in one. And a, another business degree all in one yeah. at Cleary. Yep. Okay. And what made you want to go that route? Like what's your, what's your passion behind that? And what's your kind of goal for utilizing that after college? Um, to be honest, it's really fairly a lot of things I want to do. Um, you know, I would love to go into sales, definitely take sales, something like that. But ultimately I want to create a sports financial, uh, sports financial and like agency company. Mm-hmm. So basically where, you know, we take care of the athletes. Um, they don't have to go and find another financial advisor. They don't have to go and find um, people that deal with their business and marketing and all that stuff. We will be able to take care of that. Mm, yeah. And actually homegrown athletes. So like say princess, like we will take, you know, of course the bigger athletes, of course, but also the kid that's in high school that doesn't even know how to, the simple things is going to college. So Developing that program, developing that business aspect, I think will that ties more into my degree, and then me going back and helping the community as far as helping the kid from you know high school, college, and if he's blessed enough to go or she blessed enough to go overseas and play or play a professional sport, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you know, we want to grow. I want a homegrown, actually, people. You know, people who are willing to go back into the community after they you know, go to college and they get these degrees and stuff like that. You know, if you want to go to professional, we're here for that. But if you want to know the finance, we also have that too. So you don't have to just be a former athlete or you can be a general high school athlete who just wants to go to college and learn more about finance. So we're here to help you. Yeah. So one of the things I want to create. I love that. And you can already tell your passion behind it. So I think it's so important when you have, you know, a vision or a dream or whatever, like there has to be a natural passion behind it. And you can hear that in your voice. So when you have that, it's like, whatever comes my way, I'll get through it and I'll figure it out. And this is what's going to happen. And I know you mentioned community and we're not going to skip over this because I obviously know you personally. And I want you to touch on the really cool nonprofit that you have and what's that about? Because you completely left that out and I'm like, he's not getting away with leaving this out. Well, you know, the, the biggest thing about that is, um, so it's called Jamar's Jammies. It's a pajama drive for inner city youth during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So basically we give, um, give away pajamas to, uh, different shelters. So uh, the three we had in the last two years, uh, La Casa, which is a domestic violence center, and how um, the Detroit Children's Center, which is downtown, and Park Ridge Community Center in Ypsilanti. Okay. So we were able to raise, the first year we raised 425 pajamas in a matter of two weeks. Wow. So that next year, which was this year, this past year, um, we're like, man, so I, I really wanted to 
really flood the market as far as flooding with, you know, people understanding what is Jamar's Jamma. So we did a lot of promotion. Um, this year we were able to raise 500 pajamas. Wow. So, uh, so basically that's, it's been such a huge blessing to me because, um, I remember the first year we went to the children's center. It was me, my mom, um, a few of the Cleary university staff and, you know, it was crazy, you know, walking into that, that place. Cause it was, it was so, it's huge. Like it's one of the like biggest centers, I think in Michigan. And when you go down to their basement, um, they turned their uh, library into a gift wrapping room. Mm. So, you know, anybody, you know, typically parents who are falling on hard times, um, they fill out absolutely some form or a list and they're able to um, get contacted from the children's center to come in and get gifts for the kids. Mm-hmm. And it hit me hard um, just seeing the parents, you know, their face, especially, you know, it was, it was perfect timing because I brought in the pajamas and there were people still, you know, pulling stuff off the, um, out of the room. There was like a mini Toys R Us in there. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, it hit me hard and, you know, it's just nothing but a, a true blessing um, for me. And I want to be able to grow it bigger. Yeah. So this year, you know, we're going to try to hit as many different shelters, different places as we can. This year, we're going to add um, more of socks, pajamas, books, um, well, more pajamas and more books and socks and stuff like that. So we're trying to trying to just keep people, you know, happy during the holiday season because it can be stressful, mm-hmm. um, especially for parents and single parents and um, parents who fall on hard times. You know, the kids are looking forward to it, but, you know, the parent is trying to figure out how to, be able to, you know, get the little stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, everyone does toys for tots and coats for kids and stuff like that. But, you know, pajamas is really, I feel like something that a kid can be able to put on and be proud. Mm-hmm. You know, what kid wouldn't want to wake up and be in their pajamas all day? Right. Especially I'm, if they're comfortable. I'm like That's that and I'm 23. <laughs> right. Like, I, I wake up and I don't want, I don't never want to put on a suit or whatever like that. Yeah. I just be in my pajamas. So that's where, um, you know, it truly derived from, you know, my mom's been in my corner ever since, um, from development to, you know, to this day, she's, you know, pushing me to, um, just keep thinking of a bigger picture, you know, and that's all I can, you know, is try to help the city as much as I can in many different ways. And it, it's going to steamroll to something bigger down. I'm developing. Yep. Yep. It doesn't happen overnight. So this is your what? Second, third year of doing it. Second. Um, this current year will be the third year. Okay. So this, this is your third year. It's already growing. And yep. just for people who are listening, let's say I'm not in Detroit, but I love your mission. I love what you're doing. Is there a way for people who are listening to give to this nonprofit? Yeah. Yes, it is. So currently we are, I am developing a website. Okay. So the website will have, you know, all the information. But if you go on Cleary University's homepage, I believe it's a donate okay. um, link. So that link will actually click it and this will actually have um so have a couple links and this will have Jamar's gems. Mm, okay. But you can be able to donate and that will also turn around and fund, you know, the next book this year's um pajamas. You know, we were thankful to have um, a huge sponsor 
and Lake Trust Credit Union. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge, huge. And, you know, they've been such, you know, great providers for, you know, me as far as, you know, everything that they're doing for Jamar Shammies and ultimately helping the community as well. So I see us doing a lot of, you know, um, bigger things. So that website way will have all the contact information, all the shipping information. So developing that website, um, it will be coming soon. Trust me. Yes. Excited. So for anybody that's listening, I'm going to go on to the Cleary website and I will find that link and I'll post it into the bio that's going to be attached to this podcast. So if you feel called to give, then you can just copy and paste or click on that link and then you can go give to this awesome nonprofit. I love watching you with all the pajamas and like you going and giving them. And it's such a cool concept. And I think that it's amazing to watch you just bless so many lives. And I I can tell that you are impacting people, especially during the, the holiday season. So super dope, super proud of you. You're doing great and big things, and I'm excited to see how it continues to grow. So anybody who's listening wants to support this, then go through that link, and we will support you as much as we can. Cause Thank that's you what so much. About. So, and also, um, if there's any other um, shelters or places that, you know, people feel that they, you know, need mm-hmm. um, pajamas, socks, whatever like that, please. Um, of course, my information will probably be in the, the podcast. Please, please let me know. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to um, definitely hit, you know, go to that place and we'll be able to actually flood many. The more pajamas we get, the more places we can go. Right. Yep. I love that. So if you guys have suggestions of places that you know, just contact him directly and then you guys can have that conversation. I love that. Spreading it even further. That's what it's about. Even further. That's right. Go from Detroit to Ypsilanti to um, Ohio, back to Indiana, anywhere. Anywhere. Yep. We're trying to cover as many states, cities, and um, shelters that we can. Yep. I love it. So... Kind of after all of that, let's transition into, you know, healthy lifestyle and stuff like that because this podcast is about entrepreneurship, healthy lifestyle, just being real and empowering each other. So for you being an athlete in college, now you work at a gym, um, what does a healthy lifestyle look like to you? And kind of let us in a little bit on your journey in creating that for yourself. Oh, this is a long journey. Um, you know, starting in, I want to say 10th grade, um, I was I was a big boy. always been a, a bigger kid. Mm-hmm. Um, always been a bigger kid, always been the, the chunky kid. But, you know, I was always athletic. You know, I played basketball, I played baseball. So, you know, you never seen a chunky kid do splits at first base until you came and seen me play. And you're like, this kid has to have some type of something underneath all that chubbiness. But um, so it's 10th grade, you know, I I just wasn't, I, my dream wasn't connecting with what I was doing. Like I, I wanted to play college ball, I wanted to play pro ball, you know, baseball, I wanted to get there. But it just wasn't like, it, it wasn't adding up to what I was producing. Um, so of course, you know, high school, you have your strength and conditioning, but it's it's really it's not really effective for the person who 
needs extra but can't really, you know, don't really know where to go. Mm -hmm. So I remember in 10th grade, um, we had a kid, Johnny Slater, who was going to Michigan, was like all-state baseball, and he, he was going to this guy named John Vickers. So John Vickers is a trainer. He was based out of Dearborn, Michigan at that time. And, you know, I went to my mom. I'll never forget it. It was Saturday. I believe it was like on a Saturday. And Johnny had uploaded a picture of himself with John. Like, you know, and a couple people I know at the training facility. So I ran upstairs to my mom like, look, this is what Johnny's doing. Lies explained. She's like, ah, we'll look into it. So she looked into it and she's like, yeah, she liked it. So my first training, I was like, I I got my butt kicked. I mean, I was like, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know. But, you know, John reassured me that, you know, if I just trust what he, his plan was for me, um, that I will see the results. And slowly but surely, you know, I started, you know, for the baseball people, um, we run a 60-yard dash. Okay. So my first 60-yard dash was a 10.4. If you know what 60-yard dash is, you know 10.4 is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> like, it's terrible. Yeah. So um, I was embarrassed. I was like, okay. Um, started working with John, started shedding the pounds off, started shedding, but I was still a, big, a pretty big guy. But I was starting to get more athletic. I was starting to get more explosive. My 11th grade year came around, um, and I just started putting stuff together. I actually, many people don't know this, but I used to bring go to school. Lunchtime, I would bring a extra shirt. Mm-hmm. I would work out in our weight room because our weight room was always open at Southfield Lake. I would go in. I would work out. Put on deodorant, wash, boom, throw on another shirt. No one would ever know. Mm-hmm. So my friends was like, you know, where you, you know, we see you, and then you just, like, disappear. And I used to always say, oh, well, I'm, I was helping our AD put up boxes or something. Like, I just kept coming up with all these different excuses. Until one day, one of my boys, they were, you know, walking around the school, of course, and they saw me doing ropes. And they came in like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, I have this goal in mind, because at that point I was doing two-a-days at lunch, then training after school. So my body started to really start forming at that point. So I started getting the offers. Um, at this point, I'm still around 260, I want to say. I don't know, 250, 260 around that time. And, you know, Prince Fielder was my favorite baseball player of like almost of all time. So people used to call me Baby Prince because you know, I was a left-handed back big um you know if anyone seen me in high school till now they're like bro what happened and honestly man i cut a lot of things out of my diet so when i got to uh grace um coach bar pulled me into you know into his office and he it's like probably like the first week first two weeks of practice i'm not used to running as much as we ran for the first two weeks. Like, I legit felt like we was the cross-country team. (laughs) (laughs) We would practice from, like, four to about seven, and from seven 
to whatever. We're like running, doing heels. Like we were conditioning, conditioning at the field. Then we will run the hill. Uh, I think it's is it Rota Heaver? Mm-hmm. I believe it was. Yep. Yeah, like ninety we degree were, angle hill. Geez, I hated that hill so much because it was like it was it really tested. Like I remember the first time, like the first week. You know, I'm still a pretty big guy, but I came in. I I was hitting. I was hitting the ball. I was you know playing defense, and then we started conditioning. I call like I was so tempted to call my mom like, look, I don't, I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think it's gonna work. So I'm still about that time. I'm I'm about two fifty. I'm about two forty five, two fifty. And Bar pulls me into the office. And he's like, you know, I want you to be a collegiate baseball player. Like I want you to look like a collegiate first baseman, third baseman. So I'm like, um, what does that mean? You know, what is what is that? And so he's like, I'm going to run you, but I'm not going to run you out of here, but I'm going to run. And we were doing like, I mean, two or three just running. Like I'm pulling up before practice, running during practice, running after practice. And at that point, I cut out all beef. Like I was not eating beef at all. Like a bird, no burger steaks, nothing. I was eating pure chicken and, um, yeah, chicken and chicken, pretty much like in salad. Like that's uh, no fries, nothing mm-hmm. because no chips, uh, no pops. It was just water and tea or just lemonade, whatever. But um, I was so committed to making bar proud and happy so at that point I was just like whatever I gotta do and you know as a freshman you want to start everyone wants to start as a freshman like there's no freshman that comes in and say they would not want to you know start Mm -hmm. and so I you know I came in and I'm like listen I'm working harder I'm you know my roommates, you know, I don't know if you remember, like, Jacob Hamill, mm-hmm. Logan Swartz and Trooper, um, Tyler Harmon. Like, those were my roommates. Yeah. So, I was waking up early, and I would go over to g and I'm hitting I'm hitting into our, our cage. I'm hitting, I'm running, because I was so committed to being that person. Mm-hmm. So, I ended up losing, like, so much weight, like, so, like... Half my clothes don't, still don't even fit. Wow. Like, I was, I lost so Like, my mom was like, what happened? Because I was not eating half of the stuff I was eating. And, you know, from there, I ended up being, I think I was around 210 mm. my freshman year. I ended up being like 210, 215. Yep. And I felt great. But I lost a lot of power. So I feel like I wasn't as strong as I used to be, mm-hmm. you know, because when I started as a freshman, I was hitting the ball pretty good. But it's like, wow, that ball should have went 400 something feet. But I just wasn't that size. Yeah. Like I wasn't like I, you know, I was good. I, you know, I had a little bit of, you know, I ran better, but still wasn't 
quite where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Turned around to my sophomore year, went to that summer, and I just, like, I'm going to eat. I need to eat. Um, so I ate a little bit. I got I got up to around, like, 220, 225. And then, you know, when the season came around, of course, I got stronger and whatever. Um, but when I left Grace... I was kind of lost for a little bit because, you know, Grace has a, a tremendous sports, you know, nutrition programs and, you know, Coach Scott Moore, he does his, you know, thing. And, you know, now I'm going to where I have to physically know or mentally know, okay, I don't want to go back to what I was my freshman year, but I don't want to be a twig. So I was in the in between. Mm-hmm. So my junior year, which was honestly my best year in college um, by far, statistically, um, physically, I really got strong, like really stronger. Like I started doing two days with you know conditioning at night with you know strength because at that time Cleary didn't have a we didn't have a huge weight room. like we didn't have barely anything. So, you know, I'm just lifting whatever weights I can find and doing push-ups. And um, I was hitting so much. I was still about 230, 235. Had a great year. Then we turn around, we go into my senior year. So at that point, I went to Virginia Beach and played at the uh, that was the summer Virginia Beach League, where the strength and conditioning coach was my assistant coach. Mm. So I couldn't get away from like, I can't just go to the beach and he's like, no, you're going to, we're doing footwork. So me and this guy, um, Elwin Delgado, which is like, he's one of my closest friends. Um, we worked out together every single day and I was eating like crazy when I got down there because we had meal plans and we had like a whole cafeteria. So I'm getting back to 240, 245. And I felt strong. I felt good. But then I kind of noticed little things like, oh, I'm a little sluggish. Uh, I'm a little, uh, okay, I'll ignore it. And I'm still just eating and lifting. I'm like, uh, why do I feel so slow? Uh, like I felt slow for like, like, I just didn't feel good like I did my trainer. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting to a, a good amount of weight, but I still was. So right now, me stepping back from the game of baseball, I'm able to do, like, I'm doing a lot more cardio than I used to. I'm also lifting a lot more than I used to. So I'm also trying to find that balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still trying to eat, you know, really good. I'm trying to eat clean, and you know, especially with all this going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to stay healthy. Yep. So now I feel like I'm slowly feeling like that. Okay. Like my legs, I'm starting to feel explosive again a little bit. So, you know, that journey is, it's been a long journey, Mm -hmm. you know, going up, then down, then up and then down. And then you're in this middle and then you're down. It's it's, so it's just, it's such a, a huge journey, but it's rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, my best friend, uh, Jalen Thomas, he, works out every single day like he works out every single day and we work at the same gym 
And so he's been like that push in the back of my neck, like, let's go, let's go. And it's just been like that ever since I came back from school. And now I'm just trying to continue the journey. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anyway I, could. I think that's such a real journey too. I don't know of anybody who's been on a health journey that says it was just consistent going up the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. Just from like personal experience as well and being real, it's like, I've had moments that were really, really good and really amazing. And then I've had moments where I've been at my lowest, you know, and I think something to emphasize on your journey is to anybody who's listening that was a college athlete or an athlete at some time, honestly, an athlete to me is anybody who sweats. Like, honestly, if you're at the gym or whatever, you know, like runners are athletes, period. So to anybody who's on their own health journey, one, it doesn't ever stop. Like it's your whole life finding what works for you, you know, deciding to work out, deciding not to work out, deciding to do this, not, you know, it's a journey your whole entire life. And I think that going through a college career and athletics, it really, it honestly should have probably been the highest point in my health journey. But it really was the lowest because there's all of this pressure that's coming on you to, you know, how you touched on look a certain way, look like a, like a college athlete, which what does that really look like? That's a society standard. And then to perform, because like you said, you want to start, you want to play, like no one wants to come in and put in all this work and sit on the bench. And then, you know, it's, you're in like a weird time in your life where you're like, figuring out what a healthy lifestyle looks like, what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating. And then you top, like top it all off with all this extra pressure that you have to perform. And I was so focused on my body image. I was so focused on when I got out onto the court, like, what did I look like? And was I going to perform? And, you know, mentally, I think the mental side of it was, the reason it was my lowest point, you know, because like you, I mean, I think that you did a better job than what I did because you were focused more on eating clean and, you know, you had a goal so you could perform better. I mean, I don't know if you felt this, but that performance standard almost caused you (laughs) to go to extreme standards to reach it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a tough place to be in because you're seeing the progress, but mentally you're like almost deteriorating because you're cutting out so much stuff. You're obsessive with working out. You feel the pressure of performing. And that's where I got to in a place where I was like, I'm dying inside. Like I wouldn't eat. And if I did eat, I did, I felt guilty about what I ate and, I wasn't performing all the time because I was exhausted because I was obsessed with working out two to three times a day. And, you know, what we thought would help our bodies in essence started to harm them. And it's not, it's not sustainable. So I think that for anybody who has been a college athlete, a lot of people could agree that that's part of their journey, that you kind of go to extreme standards to perform and then you get out of it and that structure and what you're used to is gone and you no longer have a 
a coach you're performing for. It's like really yourself. And do I want to work out today? Well, I don't have to, you know, there's no one, there's no one telling me, Hey, like you have to be in the weight room at 7am for our team workout. It's like, or else, yeah, or else you're going to run. And it's like, I don't want to run. And it's like, it's up to you. So I guess with all that being said, I don't know if you can relate to this and if you can maybe touch on it, but now, you know, not being in a college athlete setting, has that, do you think, helped your health journey because you're finding a sustainable, healthy lifestyle now and what makes you feel good and what doesn't? Or is it a lot harder for you because it's not a really forced setting? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. And you hit on something so big. Mentally, I was terrible. Mm -hmm. Like mentally for four years, anybody who has played with me, you guys, anyone, anybody who's played with me, I'm always, I am so intense. Like I was so tense. Like I was, because you said performing was the biggest thing for me because you know, I want to get drafted. I want to just go and play pro ball. Like, that was my focus. And my focus was driving everyone around me. And, you know, I will say I had a lot of faults my four, my four years. You know, I did a lot, of, you know, because I was so intense, you know. And so mentally, that takes a toll on you, mm-hmm. you know, because and it takes a toll on the people around you. You know, people didn't want. You know, we lost a game. I had a bad game. People didn't want to be around. Yeah. You know, because mentally, I was just so caught up in being that athlete. You know, you could probably, like, I, you never, you rarely see me out, really, mm-hmm. you know, on campus because I was so intense on figuring out how can I be this athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and you know, I, I did a um, I did a speech at Ford Field about you know um, identity. Mm. You know, that was my identity. Yep. You know, physically, my my mental pushed me physically. You know, which meant that you know, I feel like I had to get an edge on someone. I feel like I had to get up and work three, four times a day. I had to get up and and go hit four hours, five hours a day because I knew no one else was doing that. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm kind of relaxed, I'm outside of, of, you know, playing right now, I'm like, wow, I was really caught up in that. And, you know, my girlfriend will tell you, she, you know, she dealt with a lot of me mentally because, you know, there would be days where, you know, I didn't want to talk. Like, I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to do anything because I was so consumed. And, you know, I was telling her, like, I commend anyone who's around me my four years. I commend it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I made friends my, my four years. <laughs> because I was so good, like, from not, like, whatever, outside of baseball and outside of whatever. But when baseball happens... When practice happens, when the game happens, that was focus. Yeah. I what else? So now you you know, with your question, me, you know, after 
after being a college athlete, I think this is the best I've felt mentally and physically for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I think physically, you know, I'm getting older because, you know, I feel like my body is starting to, uh, you know, same. <laughs> break me because yep. it's crazy, you know, the stuff that you, I mean, there were games I used to come, you know, watch you play, and I'm like, this girl is a killer. You know, I remember, the, you know, we used to come in and say the hammer. The you know, hammer. The hammer. Because it was like, you know, you go up and, I mean, you're just soaring, you know, coming down. And I'm like, you know, I felt that, you know, when I was at Grace, you know, you had to almost stick to athletes almost because you had so much to relate with them about. Yep. And same thing, I mean, at, at anywhere you go. Yep. You know, anywhere you go because you recognize, you know, I guess you could say like, the athletes, but the the athletes who are, you know, typically good, you know, they typically all stay together. Yeah. Or very clickish, which is to me kind of a, like you said, a societal thing. Yeah. You know, I've had friends that aren't athletes at both schools. Yeah. But, you know, I would say this is the best I've truly felt in a long time. Yeah. Because, you know, I stress myself out on just performing. Mm-hmm. Like legit performing. That's all I cared about. Yep. You know, if I if I had a good game, I, I was good. But if I had a bad game, I hated the world for two days. Like it, it was, it was so crazy the the level mentally that I was at. Yeah. So now that I'm you know relaxed and you know I'm sitting here you know just chilling like yep. you know. I don't have to worry about performing, you know, I, you know, with photography, you got to perform, of course, but, you know, you can do certain stuff and, you know, you, you feel, you know, you feel good about it. So I think I've, I've been loving the, you know, the, you know, ex, you know, college athlete life and, you know, Hey, if someone calls my name and wants me to come play somewhere, then of course, but you know, right now mentally, I, I feel this is the best I feel in a while. And I'm able to focus on a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, I've rebuilt a lot of relationships, you know, that I was in the middle of tearing down. Because, you know, that athlete, that intense factor. But that's been like, that's been me since I was young. Because that was my identity. Mm-hmm. That's what I truly want. You know, I pride myself in being was an athlete. Yeah. But if you take away the name, the the RBI leader, the hammer, the 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 volleyball player, the baseball player, the you take away those things, it's like who are you? Yes. Yep. And that's where I had to, you know, really grow up and learn. I kinda learned that in the middle of the season last year. It was like, this this can't keep going. Like middle of the season, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's it was, it was wild for me. Yeah. And I think that's so real, and I want to emphasize that point in the fact that if you're a college athlete or you're going to become a college athlete, do not let that sport define who you are. Because, listen, there's injuries. There's You're not going to always play. There's unforeseen events like this whole virus, and people are not Mm -hmm. able to get their season in. And, you know – as an athlete, I understand that this is a tough time for people who wanted to play in their season. And I get it because 
for athletes, sports usually is a love, like they love to play that. So it's hard, but it's even harder for people who are saying that baseball is my identity, volleyball is my identity, you know, Ooh. this is my, and if I could just go back and tell myself my senior year of high school, going into college, that it can't be your identity, how you look does not matter, does not define you, and just to to find a a way to create a healthy, balanced lifestyle, I could have saved myself four years of harming my body physically and mentally, right? And that's just something that I think needs to be touched on way more in our society today because as we progress, I think there becomes a heavier emphasis on sports. And if you're a great athlete, like you somehow possess more value than anybody else. You know, and for the people who are going through college athletics and are going to extreme measures like you and I have to perform for a coach or perform for a crowd or whatever it may look like, I just want to like talk to them face to face and be like, listen, ultimately four years, it's going to come to an end. And while you want to have an outstanding college athletic career, who were you as a person And what friends did you make during those four years that are going to last outside of these four years? Because, listen, everybody comes to a point where their athletic career ends. And then what? You know, whether that's college, high school, whether that's pros, like it all comes to an end. And if you only are so focused and caught up in this athlete standard and this is who I am and this is what defines me, when you get to the end of it, you will be lost, Whereas if you create a healthy lifestyle, healthy mindset throughout it, you get out of it and you're like, wow, that was amazing. This is what I've learned. But I also have something that's sustainable now and I'm good. Like I can keep going and I'm good, you know? And that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Because people don't understand that. Yeah. But I don't think you take the time to understand that. True. You know, and because you're so like, caught up in like you said in performing like if i perform for this person they're gonna keep me and but the thing is it's more of a i feel like me personally it was an ego thing for me because how can someone take me serious if you know it was kind of like an ego thing was like oh you say you're good but you're on the bench you know what i'm saying It's, it's like one of those things it's like oh yeah come watch our game against Spring Arbor and then I have a terrible game and now you're like, oh, this dude is terrible or she's yes. terrible. Yes. You know, it's, 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 it's such an ego thing because you're so concerned about who's in the crowd. Yep. And then, oh, well, if I play well, this person want to like me or this person want to pay attention to me or, you know, coach is going to do this and that. When really is not it's, it's really out of your control yep it is i mean you play well in person people still don't like you yep you play well and not play yep you know those things i feel like people don't college freshmen or incoming freshmen even so people just in general i mean i've seen it even as a senior last year where people were so concerned about wanting others to like them. Yes. 
Yes. Because of the way they play. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I'll tell you like this. No one's going to remember but me the home run I hit against Concordia. Yep. No one's going to remember. Like, like unless it was just like something. I mean, you can say on oh, a scenario. I remember the scenario because I did it. But nobody from up the street, no one, like, no one's going to remember that. But they're going to remember the jokes and the, the times you had on the bus or in the locker room or in the dugout. Like, that's what people are going to remember. Yep. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, you remember when you hit that home run? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Other than that, no one's going to remember. Yep. And if they do, that's not going to mean, like, any value to them. But your friendship, yep. the relationship that you built, yep. and the impact you made, that's what people truly, I feel like freshmen, even people just in, as a college athlete don't really understand that. And it took me a while to understand that. Like, no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, people going to care, of course. But how were you as a person? Like, what did you do to leave impact on that person? Nothing? Okay, well, yeah, I guess you're all league. Yeah, that, that's that's great. But <laughs> you didn't, you're a, you're a, a jerk. Yep. You, you know, like, if you're a jerk, which I was most of the time, I, was, I feel like I was a jerk on the field, which if I can go back, yeah, of course I would change that, but I think now that I'm in this position now, I'm saying, okay, like, how can I help the next athlete not be like that? Like, it's, it's been there, it's done. Like, whatever has happened in four years, it happened. Yep. Now, let's focus on the next class and that class and that person, you know, when they actually like, oh, you know, how was it being a, a college volleyball player? Oh, it was this, this, and that. Oh, okay, like, you know, what did you... Because they want to hear, what did you do? Yeah. Because they're going to experience the locker room. But how were you as an athlete? They're not going to ask, well, how did you, okay, well, how did you deal with time management? Oh, well, I did this and that. Okay. And you're able to still perform. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, people only care about how did you perform. Yeah. But once they get to know you, like, now you you probably seen, you built Friendship, that's probably going to last you forever. Yeah. Because of just how good of a person you were off the court. You know, this guy, I don't know if you remember John McCarty. No, I don't. We used to call him dad at um, (laughs) Grace. And he was like, he was a dad. Like, he legit, like, he treated everyone like so, like, he was just so nice. Yeah. And even, like, when I was being a complete jerk, he was just like, you know what, Jamar, everything's going to be okay. I'm like, no, it's not. But but it's just, like, that friendship right there, and, you know, I still talk to him to this day, you know, every once in a while. And it's just like, he didn't even care about what I did on the field. Like, he, he could care less. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think that's the biggest things that I feel like people, athletes, not just college athletes, but athletes in general have to understand. Yeah. 
oh, this subject gets me so fired up because part of me wishes I could go back and redo my four years, but part of me also doesn't because I needed those four years to learn so that now I can take what I've learned and hopefully pour that into people who are going through it now because without that journey, like I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't know the things I, you know, everybody has their story and there's a purpose in your story. But this, this conversation gets me so fired up. Like I could speak four hours on it because yeah, it's, it's so important and so under talked about. It's not talked about enough. And I think that's the goal of part of my purpose is to go and speak to people about this because people need to hear stuff like this and be real about it and hopefully save them parts of the journeys that we've been through, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I get so fired up, but I'll calm myself because no, I can really go, I can really go for hours. I could go for hours, but, um, I know the attention span of a listener is not ours. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's if, a, if anybody, another, uh, episode. yes, if anybody wants to talk about this one-on-one, like hit up Jamar because his story is incredible and what he is speaking is complete truth or hit up me because I will, I will passionately talk to people about this and help you out with this. Um, but as we kind of like wrap up, I like to ask just kind of like lighthearted, just fun questions about yourself to get to know you more as a person and they're really pointless questions, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) But what is your favorite meal or favorite dessert or both? Oh Lord. Uh, Favorite meal. Um, I really, everything is my favorite to be honest. Like it's it's just, (laughs) but if I could, um, I would say, uh, I would say, um, I, I guess you can just say uh, crab legs is always a good one. Oh, shrimp, just shrimp. Like, I think regular just shrimp and fries is always good. Oh, you went, like, bougie on us. He's like, crab oh, legs. Course. Oh, just casual crab legs. Like, let me go yeah, crack like, them. Every meal or steak and baked potato, I can eat that every meal. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love a good steak and potato. Oh, yeah. And then uh, my dessert. I would say my either my mom my mother's a sweet potato pie Ooh. or apple crumb pie. Ooh, do you put some ice cream on it? Um, no, 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 no. No, you don't. Oh, care. you know what? Actually, you know what? I could actually. I do. Little vanilla. Like, yeah, red or red velvet cake. Ooh. That's my. Yep. Now I want, now I want one of these. <laughs> That's always the trouble with asking this question. I'm like, okay, now I want some. Um, yeah, that's what I can think about right now. <laughs> uh, if you could travel one place in the world, where would it be? Ooh. I'm a huge, like, view person. I love views. Mm. Like, oh, man, if I can go anywhere, I would say Maui. Ooh. Or, uh, so I'm really into, like, Italian movies. Okay. Like, anything. Italian movies, like big Italian movies, so or Italy. Oh yep, that's a yeah. Good I would say Maui or Italy is like I, my two. I think Maui is so beautiful. Like if you just go Google Maui, it's like oh, it's so beautiful. It like is. you don't see like not one bad thing. I know. Like it just all just looks like 
you can just stay there forever. Yep. Like, I love every single time I like Google like a Maui beach or like a Maui whatever. It's just so beautiful. Well, I think that's the next place you need to go when we're all able to travel again someday. <laughs> but oh, so, yeah, and, and take pictures. Take pictures. Since you're in photography, you should be able to do that quite well. <laughs> I'm taking so many. So if we ever go, uh, hopefully we don't go back into this, but if we ever do, I got my pictures. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And last one to wrap it up. If a listener is pursuing their own healthy lifestyle, what would be some tips or advice that you would give them? What's your words of wisdom? Um, I would say start out at your own pace. Mm. You know, you can't. I think a lot of times people will try to see what someone else is doing and then they'll try to do it, yeah. which is the worst thing you can do. So uh, I would say just start slow. So start with. You know, if you want to cut out meat, you know, try meatless Mondays where you don't eat meat Monday. And you could, okay, well, you, you do that for a couple of weeks. And well, okay, well, let's do a two-day meat disappear. You know, I don't know. You, yeah. So you try to cut out the little things so small, but they're ultimately going to mean the, the most to you. Yeah. So I would say start small, start at your pace. And actually write stuff out. You know, what's the stuff that you, you eat on the regular? So I'm a huge barbecue chips person. Like if you put barbecue chips in front of me, I'm destroying it. Like I'm destroying it. Like it's that's just gonna be me. So okay, well, if I wanna cut out whatever, okay, barbecue chips got to go. This has to go. This has to go. So once you start actually cutting these things out you'll realize, okay, I'm starting to feel a lot better. And you don't have to go right away and find a gym. Like, you don't have to do that. You can just, you know, start out, okay, I'm going to do, I'm trying to do 50 push-ups today. You know, you got to think about, like, 50 push-ups, and you, you know, do it throughout the day. It's not bad. Yeah. Then, hey, let's bump it to 100. Or, you know, even if I'm sitting here watching TV, okay, let me knock out 30 sit-ups in between this commercial. Yep. Boom, boom. And now, you know, by the time you look up, at the end of the day, you've done. You're 100. Okay, well, that was easy. Let's bump it up. Yep. It's all about, I believe, the person's pace opposed to the image that they have in themselves. Mm. Because I can say, oh, I want to have abs tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Yep. But if I prepare the right way today, eventually those abs will come. Yeah. It's all about preparation. I believe preparation and key is the is the key to success. Yep. I love the quote, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And yeah. it's it's true. I love those words. Start small. I think people get fearful of just starting. And you know, that's what we have to do in life is just start. And Whatever that looks like to you. If it's cutting out barbecue chips for three days and, you know, just small things. And celebrate the small things when you accomplish them. I've found that when you obsess over celebrating the small things, then you're more likely to achieve things. So very good words of wisdom. I have loved this podcast. Talking about one of my favorite subjects with someone who 
honestly, you offered so many words of wisdom and your journey is impactful and powerful. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with not only me, but anybody who is listening. And like I said, if you want to support what he's doing with his nonprofit, I will post the link in the bio. And then if you want to just contact him directly, talk to him about stuff, feel free because obviously this man is full of wisdom and his journey is is really inspiring. So thank you. Tell them to support the podcast. You're doing (laughs) doing things. I'm telling you, you're doing amazing things, especially, you know, with, you know, transformation you have and then creating this podcast. You know, we got to give you a couple claps in the, uh, you know, wherever you're at right now because you're doing amazing things. So, thank you. Hopefully, when we get through all this, you know, we can continue talking about these, you know, all these different topics because, oh, it's it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. For just one, for just one podcast. I know. We're going to have to do like a series of this, I think. And I would would be down. There is nothing else I do uh, (laughs) right now. So, do like a, we talk about, you know, ex-college athlete life, yep. time schedules. I bet a lot of people want to know about those. For sure. I agree. We'll have to set something up. So, yep. well, Definitely. cool. Thank you. I hope that you're staying safe and healthy and have a great rest of your day. To everyone listening, remember real is empowering. Thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you benefited from something within that podcast and stay on the lookout for next week's podcast. If you want to connect with me, if you have feedback, if you want to follow me, you can find me on my page crew, K-R-E-W underscore work, W-E-R-K, just crew spelled backwards. Go give that Insta page a follow. And there you can find my blog as well, which is chock full with valuable content that I've learned through my journey. Tips, tricks, and everything in between. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and it's real and empowering.